Good evening. I'm Marcus Leader, and I would like to invite you on a journey of discovery as I pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of the multiverse through the eyes of a Toltec shaman. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and turn down the lights. You're now listening to The Shaman's Brew. Hello and welcome to The Shaman's Brew. In this week's episode, I am going to continue with part two of the interview between Carly Rose, myself, and Debbie Edwards. Starting next week, I'm going to be introducing some new segments to the show and uh, setting up some uh, some guests and uh, various other things that I have in mind for you. This has been a long time coming, and I had to get uh, all the legal preparations uh, set up in order to do this. And everything's a go, and I am ready to rock and roll. So what do you say we start this show out with a little Gaia consort performing every sacred thing? And then we will go directly where we left off in the interview. Rest on the big screen, but no penetration or spark. Cut the claw from the tiger, defang the cobra, so we can feel safe in the dark. Big money makes the decisions, big money owns all the gods. And I can't help but laugh at the puzzled expression when I say I won't give to the cause. Is it any wonder something inside us dies? Is it any wonder that the spirit cries when we sterilize every sacred thing? Paved over meadows for strip malls or misguided notions of bliss. And I point to the universe, shaking their shoulders, saying, How can you need more than this? Five thousand years of repression, five thousand years of the lie. And I can't help it hoping as I'm watching the changes that maybe we're watching it die. Just a soft rain And I don't have the answers But every part of my being Is laughing or crying Or screaming for change And is it any wonder That the spirit cries Is it any wonder Something inside us dies When we sanitize Every sacred thing 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 
Absolutely. had them, had them, you know, physically like slap you and stuff before. Having oh them. yeah, I've I've been woken up before, and it's not something I usually talk about on it because I don't want people to freak out thinking, oh god, can that happen to me? Because no, chances are it's not going to happen no, to you. Like I said, true. it's happening to me because they know they can. But um, you know, I have been woken up out of a dead sleep before where literally I have been smacked on the forehead and they have left their hand there for a second. So well, as I've woken up, um, I've not thought, oh, what was that? Because I've jilted and been woken up. They've actually left their hand there for a couple of minutes. So, I, so while I awoke, I realized what it was because I could feel five long skinny fingers on my forehead. Um, oh, wow. And I was sleeping and it just literally smacked me on the... You know how like kids will spat... In England, we call it spamming. You just run up to, you would run up to another kid and spam him on the forehead. Well, not that I ever used to do that, of course. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And um, I was literally, you know, I was as fast asleep, and this thing must have been just watching me sleeping and just literally spammed me on the forehead. And then I opened my eyes, jilted up, and I could feel the five fingers still on my head. And then, you know, of course, you know, I said, go away and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't see anything when I opened my eyes and um, didn't hear anything either. I think it was just literally trying to mess with me. And so, of course, the rest of the night I sat up with all the lights on and the TV on. And and that was a very productive day at work the next day in the office. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I get a lot of that, unfortunately. I mean, it just, it is what it is, though. And, um you know, these people that say, oh, well, you know, I only get positive and da 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 da. It's great if you're only getting positive. For me, it's not like that. And I feel like, um, you know, if your door is open, your door is open. And yes, there, there are different protection things that you can do or whatever. I am rather lazy as far as protection goes. Marcus will tell you I'm very lazy with it. Um, and um, it's something that I definitely do need to work on, you know. Yeah, we got to get an on and off switch installed in here. Yeah, you know, and I, I get sick a lot. I mean, physically get ill a lot because of it. I believe it's, you know, because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. My daughter, my daughter Nicole's that way. You know, the the <laughs> attachments that she picks up and uh, and the fact that she she she's relatively new to this. It's it's something that's been happening happening to her over the last three or four years, and. Um, she it's it's strongly affected her health. She's had a lot of health issues, uh, and a lot of it is her energy is being drained. And then, you know, it's it takes her a while to get rid, you know, of the attachments. And uh, one time it almost killed her, and it was really her own fault. It was very foolish what she did. But uh, uh, her and her her husband were leaving a cemetery, and uh, they're in Denver, and there's a lot of activity in that area, but. They were leaving the cemetery, and they were the only two in there. And they, uh, my daughter could see, like, shadows moving around the tombstones. And it was a group of, like, five of them moving around the tombstones. And so she said, we got to get out of here. And so he, you know, her husband couldn't see anything, but uh, he went ahead and uh, went along with her. And as they were walking out, she kept looking back, and these shadows kept creeping up on them. And it got to the point where... They were just, you know, she she must have thought that one of them was going to try to possess her husband because it was like right over him and like it's going to dive into him. And uh, they hadn't got out of the, the cemetery yet. And so she knew, you know, 
if that happened, you know, he, he doesn't have any kind of abilities or strength, and, you know, he would just be taken over. And she wasn't sure what it was, and so she made you know, a huge mistake, which uh, you, you never want to do. But she said, you know, she, she stood in front of him and said, take me. Yeah, and wow. that was a mistake, and it, it took her, and it entered okay. her. And she said it, it just like she felt like she had a jolt of electricity go through her, and she, like, collapsed to her knees. And, uh, and he, you know, her husband picked her up, and uh, carried her, you know, to the to the gates, and they couldn't find the gates how to get out because they weren't supposed to be in there. But um, they finally found a way out, and you know, she was able to walk a little bit. But she said it was like she was drunk. She she had no control. Her energy, she could feel her energy just dropping dramatically, and um, she thought at that time she was going to die. And uh, once they they got out of the cemetery, it's almost like that. The cemetery has a barrier, and I don't know if it's the Iron Gates or what it was, but it was some kind of barrier. Once they got outside, she started feeling better, but it took her hours to recover, and uh, he almost had to take her to the uh, the ER. I don't know what they were going to tell him, you know. But, um, you know, they, they can uh, do some damage to you. They can drain your energy, uh, you know, and that's, uh, you know, definitely something you have to consider when you're going into these places or dealing with spirits or you know and it's like with you Carly Rose it's you know they I don't think they're trying to hurt you but just by taking your your life force because that's what they're doing uh, when when they interact with the physical medium they're draining part of your life force yeah. uh, and and they don't use it directly because you really don't have enough for them to be of any value but your life force opens up portals uh, that allow energy to flow, you know, through the veil, and that's the main source of energy they use. But they're using your life force to do it, and yeah. uh, when you're constantly doing that, it's you know it's just like going without sleep or anything. Your body starts to wear down, and it causes a whole you know host of, of problems energetically. And then there are some entities that may attack only a certain part of you. I mean, that's where, and they're not attacking because you're valuable to them. They're, you know, picture like a leech that goes on you in certain parts of your body. And it, it sucks energy from there. And as it's doing that, it's affecting the energy of your organs and everything else. So, mm. You know, some people, you know, can have like liver problems or, uh, you know, blood problems or, there's, there's different things that happen. A lot of times people get headaches from this, uh, migraines yeah. and things like that. Stephen got disconnected. Stephen, I put you back through again just to let you know. You're still okay. there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry you got disconnected there. We're actually having a storm right now, and there's been a lot of lightning, a lot of electricity. Yeah. We are here. I don't see any of that stuff. You're always in the... Marcus, we we need to get you get you out of the subfloor and get you up. Some people come out of the closet. I come out of the basement. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I know. We've got to we've got to lift you up out of there, out of your cave, Mr. Caveman, and and bring you out into the public, and you know. So. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, one thing before I forget, well, I got you and and Carly both on the on the phone. Um, uh-huh. 
One thing that I was going to ask you, Deb. Yeah. One other thing that uh, in Carly's uh, recordings, uh, she gets you know a whole variety of different voices. One of my favorite is an old lady that asks her to turn the TV on, and she, you know she's too tired. She says, <laughs> no. And I'm going, oh, the poor lady. <laughs> and this was an old lady's voice. I mean, that's what blew me away. This was an old lady that was talking. Mm-hmm. You know, like, can you turn on the TV? You know, like that. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, no, I'm too tired. But uh, That was me that said, no, I'm too tired, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's your laughs> okay. I get a hard time for that. <laughs> yeah, piss off, lady. <laughs> yeah. Now the uh, the thing I was going to ask you is she gets other recordings, other voices that are mm-hmm. are um, you know, and you can probably describe it, uh, Carly, better, but that they're mechanical, they're almost robotic voices. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's two different types of voices I'll get that there's there's the real yeah. ambient, whispery, you know, the types that you would get here on the EVPs, and then I get real mechanical. Uh, they sound like robots. Yeah, I can't explain it. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard when I was on the phone with my friend when that voice popped through, and and was you know saying a name. It was just very brief, but it was it was it was digital. Is is the like the digital word I exactly? Yeah, and what, it was digital. What, well, sorry, Marcus, finish asking your question, well, and then no, I'm going to ask that, the question. That, <laughs> you're probably going to ask what I'm going to ask. I, I was going to ask. Uh, you know, Debbie, if uh, if she's had experience with that kind of voice, and if she has any mm-hmm. connection as to what you know, is there a certain type of entity it's indigenous to? You know, yeah, I would you like know. to know what's, yeah. what's your theory on that, Deb. Yeah. What, what do you think? So, I've got my own theories on it, but I don't know if I'm right because okay. it's just you know, just me that's, that's you know, I didn't with know that. Me, you yeah, with me, you know what? I really felt that the ones that attach and stream through more in a digital way of manifestation are ones that are non-human. Now, okay. That's, okay. that's just my, my experience, so it's been very few. Usually, usually for me, they uh, are not so much that way, but the ones that I have dealt with in the past, almost every time I'll get that type of, of a manifestation, it has no warmth, it has no humanity in a way. It's very, it's very just um, it, like an automated system kind of, yeah. but it, it, and it has to do with the resonance of the energy, the entity itself is that it doesn't contain the same type of personality, humanity. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to describe it properly, um, but when, when I think of a spirit or let me correct myself. When I think of somebody who has passed on, who's no longer physical, but they're in the spirit and they're earthbound, there's still a considerable warmth to them. And I don't mean temperature. Uh, I just mean as far as emotion. I can still feel an emotion from them. Whether it's, whether it's a passion, even a dark passion, there's still a, 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 like a, almost kind of like feeling a, a heat wave without feeling the heat, if that makes sense. But... Um, with the with the actual digital sound, it is very kind of cold, calculated, concise. It's just an analytical type of resonance. There is no attachment of emotion. It's like speaking to data from uh, Star Trek. Yeah. I don't know if you watched Star Trek, but it's like yeah, and and that is exactly that 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 was my thoughts on it exactly. And I've often said that that that's um, they're they're non-human, 
But then, you know, you want to go into the whole non-human then, but then it makes me say, well, non-human, I mean, uh, if, if you want to, you know, if, let's talk elementals for a second, okay? Right. I have had elementals, um, I had one when I was a, a teenager, and I didn't know it was there, obviously. There was a knock on my bedroom door, and my mother's voice, said, Carly, can I come in? So, of course, I was living at home. I was a teenager. And I said, yeah, come in. And this sort of weird-looking non-human thing that was looked very male, it was definitely not female, and it definitely wasn't my mother, um, uh, came into my bedroom. Now, uh, so when you say non-human, I agree with you, but then, like I said, I've heard elemental, uh, you know, and, and obviously a male one, um, mm. sound exactly as my mother, uh, he mimicked my mother's voice, which is why I said, yes, come in, and obviously how I how he was able to enter my bedroom. Um, so I wonder then, you know, when you say non-human, I wonder sort of what category that would be, because, you know, again, I don't like to say demonic, because I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never, even though I've had some bad experiences, you know, like I said, you know, being smacked on the forehead or whatever, I would never consider something like that demonic, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I, absolutely, and I, yeah, I agree with you that's there. That's just, you know, someone that's nasty. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, I guess I'm very fortunate to say that I don't think I've ever come across anything demonic, but then doing the IT, uh, you know, doing my work, then when I wake up and I have these robotic voices, and it's not just when, you know, during those times, I've heard them before. Um, I can't. I I wouldn't even like to say they're demonic. So I wonder, sort of, what they are. I think it varies. To be honest, I think it varies with intent, but it also varies in which way that they are at that moment interacting with the physical world. Because I think I don't think sometimes that their intention is to really necessarily intermingle with us, but rather it's kind of like. What I've noticed is it's kind of like they've claimed a territory in a way, and it's kind of like we're interacting with them, and they are becoming territorial. At least that is part of my experience there is that it's kind of like they quarantine off an area, you know, and sometimes uh, they've been drawn to particular people that live in a physical location, which is a lot of times where they manifest. But what I've noticed too, uh, and it, I haven't had a lot of experiences with this type of, entity energy but what I have noticed though is that once the person leaves a lot of times they remain behind but then there are times where they will follow the person but what I've noticed is it just becomes like a, a space type of thing they just want us out and um, but that's do you what do you think uh, I mean I can't even believe I'm going to say this to you on air. <laughs> you, want to, you want me to say it? You want me to say it or no? I, I have a particular recording Deb where I was aware of what I was talking to, and this thing had on a black cloak, and so you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, you know, a shadow, what some people would call a shadow person. I could physically see, and you hear me on the recording, and I was probably, you know, 50% aware of, of, of what I was seeing and hearing and said, why are you wearing a black cloak anyways? And I remember looking down <laughs> at the bottom of it to the top of it, and I was going, show me your face, show me your face. And this one particular recording, um, I have this very robotic thing talking back to me. Okay. So that tells me, well, maybe that's the way, you know, I don't well, know, you know what your theory what is on curious, shadow people. But. Yeah, 
here's my curiosity. Why do they always look that way? Because I have I have had where even my older son has had nightmares about this thing, as well as people, uh, you know, if, if all of you remember when, um, well, at least Marcus and Stephen, you remember me talking to you about Jeff, where you see that voicemail recording where he's being strangled. Like I can, I can hear, audibly hear him being strangled and he's screaming, and that's exactly what this thing looked like uh, that was intimidating him. It had, you know, this black cloak and it had no face and it's almost every single time like there's no face it won't show you a face sometimes it wears a hat but uh yeah it's it's wild and it's it's honestly to not make light of it but it's just to reference is it's almost like in the nightmare on elm street where freddy krueger everybody dreamt of him in the same way and he had that ability to physically do things physically manifest in ways that other energies and entities normally can't and that's something that I still am trying to decide about myself. But I I know just through, you know, people I know, even my older son that has, you know, seen this in his dreams and his nightmares, uh, you know, that it's watching him and following him. I mean, you know, this is something, is it uh, a particular entity that uh, there's multiple that manifest in that form? Is it one that kind of transcends, you know, how ascended masters can appear to many? all at once is is it marcus what's your take on that because i feel like you're itching to reply on that (laughs) you can (laughs) see yeah i i go to talk and i wait i go to talk and i wait Um, (laughs) i'm sorry that's okay no that's okay um yeah that's that's something that's actually part of the uh core knowledge that's referred to in, in my toltec tradition uh the, you know the stuff that hasn't been released yet, uh, involving that type of entity, and there's not a great, you know, analytical breakdown, you know, of it. Uh, that, that's kind of what I I do. I take the, the basic shamanic knowledge and I try to mix, you know, mix it with science so that I get a little more detail. But on that yeah. topic of uh, that man- type of manifestation of entity where it's all black or shadow people that you know a lot of people are seeing shadow people now um, what I believe it is based on you know what I've been taught and you know what uh, what I know from a scientific point of view is this is an entity that is not fully materializing within our physical world it's uh, it's it's like it's on the surface of the uh, the veil. It doesn't, you know, cross all the way through. And it's it's like whatever it's doing, it's doing it right on the surface. You know, picture a a kid, you know, pressing their face against a, a candy store window, and that's that's what it's doing. And it, it can affect things right at the surface like that. It has it actually has more energy at the surface of the veil than it does if it tried to extend out into into our physical work, uh, world further. Now, mm-hmm. the thing, the reason that the appearance would be like that is because when it's pressed against the surface of the uh, of the veil like that, um, it's it's almost like um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but it's uh, a lot of times when you know when you have like obscure glass, like shower doors and things like that, mm-hmm. and if you're you're back away from it, you can't really see any detail. But if you press up against it, uh, all the obscurity disappears. But what happens is, instead of you know wh- what you see there is, 
the, the energy outline of the entity pressed against the veil and all the physical world energy, all the light energy and things, because people see shadow people that aren't psychic even. And, uh, you know, psychic people can just see a little, see more often in a little bit more detail. But shadow people appear to, you know, just ordinary people. And what happens is the energy, you know, light and everything that we, we use to see is hitting that, uh, that spot where their, their physical energy is in contact with the veil. And what happens is it absorbs everything. All the light, all the energy—it's—it—it like passes into, you know, to a certain distance. It passes through the veil. It's like um, I, I think all three of you have been camping before. I know you mm-hmm. have, uh, Deb. It's where it's yeah. raining outside, and you don't want to touch your roof of your tent because if you touch it, you're going to let water through. And um, at least the old tents—I don't know—maybe the new ones don't do that. But uh, if you if you touch a canvas surface. When it's wet on the outside, it will conduct water inside. If you don't touch it, it's fine. It's you know the reason is is a force called turgidity that uh, keeps the water you know it's an elastic skin effect of the water. But uh, it's the same thing on the surface of the veil. There's a natural turgidity that uh, that will if you if you breach that uh, surface. It's like an elastic surface. If you breach it, energy will travel back and forth. What it appears when when energy travels into that outline, it appears that entity is black because it, all the energy is nothing reflected at all. All the energy is just absorbed through it. And, uh, that makes a lot and of so sense. What you're, what you're going to get is a, nothing but a black outline, just a shadow. Hmm. You know, and it, it may even be. Usually, shadow people aren't three-dimensional, but they can be. It depends on how far they push. Yeah, I mean, this this particular one, this particular one, the the, the recording that I was telling you about with the robotic voice, I really clearly remember seeing. It was almost like looking at the Grim Reaper without the whole without the whole skeleton yeah. thing going on. It was literally like it was wearing a black cloak from head to toe, and um, you know, I mean, I really, and, and like I said, you hear me on the recording uh, saying, which, you know, I, I really get embarrassed sometimes when I hear how I talk to them because I'm not completely conscious of, of myself. I'm not completely <laughs> conscious of what I'm even saying or asking. They will say, oh, why don't you ask this and why don't you ask that? Because I'm not completely conscious, you know. So, <laughs> You know, but you hear me saying, why are you wearing a black cloak anyways? And it didn't answer me. It actually didn't answer me. And then I go, go and sit on my drawers over there. Don't sit on the floor. Go and sit on my drawers over there. And it answers, on your what? It didn't know what drawers were. And I went, you know, on the drawers over there. That's really interesting. Or maybe like, yeah, I think I mean I, I think it's a whole different species altogether. But I'm just wondering if maybe the robotic voice is, you know, just shadow people, or you know, and maybe that's the way to differentiate when you get recordings or EVPs or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You don't. Stephen, are you, you know still one, with us? Yeah. yeah the other one thing I was I was thinking about was the smell factor. <laughs> is can these things smell? Do they have a sense of smell? Because you have um, certain they'll give certain. Uh, um, and even I've noticed in, in certain times, um, especially in like private residences, um, 
or even personal experiences with like loved ones is you, they can project a smell, a scent of themselves, uh, and wonder if they can smell, you know. Well, that's one of the. I think that's one of the easiest things for for a spirit to do to let you know they're around is to to give off a scent. And I don't think you have to be a medium, or or, or psychic or anything. I mean, you just have to be aware to pick up on that. And I know many people that have lost loved ones that have said, oh, you know, all of a sudden they'll be in the kitchen and they'll smell like lavender and their grandma has passed and the grandmother used to wear lavender all the time or whatnot. I mean, they're, they're, I think that's um, it's one of the easiest things for... for yeah, can the spirit... spirit is, is your question more like, can can the spirit themselves, can can they detect scent? Well, is both, that what you're asking? Ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I can answer really. that if you want. I, I can actually. Yeah, please. I and and you know, like I said, and this is not hearsay. This is I have a recording where I have a bunch of perfume. I mean, in real life, I have a bunch of perfume bottles um, next to my bed, and you hear uh, one spirit, a male, speaking to a female, and I guess they were checking out my room, and he must have spotted the perfume bottles. Um, and he had said to her, he goes, perfume, like he was all excited, and then he goes, remember what it smells like? And that, to me, tells me they do not smell, because why would he say, remember what it smells like, if they could still still smell? And I'm not sure why they still can't smell, but to me that tells me that, no, they definitely can't smell. Yeah, well, I think of when when you mention that, I think of the movie Ghost. Uh, almost everybody's familiar with that movie, but the man that was on the train, where you know he was angry that he had gotten pushed in front of the train, yeah. and, and he maintained a response. But where yeah. he he was watching somebody enjoy a cigarette, I believe, and he's yeah. you know trying to do that again and and really you know experience that all over again. But there's no there's no taste, there's no smell, there's no sensation that the physical physiological, biological, yeah. you know, self would would uh, be able to do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I I think it's almost a, uh, you know, a uh, uh, chemical, you know, type, uh, uh, you know, a reaction. I'm trying to think what I'm thinking here. It's a chemical reaction. Uh, with uh, the receptors and the nose, I don't think that uh, the spiritual energy can pick up on that. Right. I mean, if they haven't got the physical body, it wouldn't make sense that that, that they. Yeah, so, right. but it's kind of weird that they can give off a scent. Then you know what That's I mean. I was just um, going to say that the fact they can yeah. produce the scent, yet at yeah. the same time they cannot, um, you know, receive the scent or or uh rather where it doesn't register in the same way i'd be curious yeah. to find out also you know being the fact that they can manipulate electronically or otherwise our physical voice and then they can also manipulate scent and you know give off that almost like a a, a mimic of mm-hmm. you know an odor and things like that i'm curious about what else they can do because i know in some instances you know they can physically interact but you know, Marcus and, and Stephen both, what is your interpretation on this, too, about, uh, you know, them having enough energy to be able to physically move objects, physically do things, the ones that, that are not malevolent, the ones that are just, you know, uh, regular people that have passed on, of being able to physically move things and, uh, you know, whether knocking stuff off the walls and things like that. Yeah, it's, 
it's it's just like you know the movie that you referenced, uh, Ghost. It, you know where he learned to move objects, and it's the same way that you know it's not an easy thing for any entity to do. Uh, it would be the same thing for people. You move objects like that with your intent. Uh, you have to focus uh, all your energy, all your thoughts, and everything, and project it outwards. Now what? What a lot of people don't know is that you move. You don't move objects. People are just sitting there trying to move objects with their head, you know, with their minds, uh, you know, telekinetically and all that. It's not your mind mm-hmm. that moves the object. It's your solar plexus. And I think it's it's a matter of an entity learning how, and then, you know, they they just have to put everything they have into it into you know their intention. Um, now, when when someone like uh, you two come around. Then all of a sudden there's there's whirlpools and, and portals and things opening up in the in the veil and energy you know all the swirling all around and they can actually jump into that field or tap into the field somehow and then that's when things start flying around and moving and uh, they actually have uh, an energy source they can tap into mm-hmm. but for an entity and just an average entity they're not going to be able to move anything. Uh, there are entities that are more powerful, or, or there are probably some that learned how to tap in, you know, to uh, into the veil. This, this is something we need to open communication channels up with. It's one of the things that you know the research I do, so we can open up direct communication and, and ask somebody these questions, you know, on the other side, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they can explain how they do things. That's that's the ultimate goal here, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they can move things if, with the amount, uh, you know, the significant amount of uh, practice, and it's it's done through intention. And I don't know, uh, I don't think it's the same as it is with humans because we we have energy portals on our body, you know, called chakras, yeah. and and I know for a fact that uh, through personal experience, anyway, that that happens out of the uh, the area of the solar plexus. It's one of the most vulnerable energy spots on the entire body, and uh, it's also one of the most powerful. Uh, when when shamans uh, shamans or yogis you hear all the, the amazing feats they do, you know, divine gravity and everything, but uh, when they when they do these, there are tentacles that come out. It's like the other day, uh, Devon, when you were given that reading when we were on the radio. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I, I, in my mind, it just flashed, and I saw those blue tentacles come out of you. There were four. <laughs> you know, and, oh, wow. You know, I, I was thinking, wow. And, uh, you know, because, first of all, I've never heard you do a reading, but then I also mm-hmm. usually don't mm-hmm. get those that equivalent flashes either. And I saw those things come shooting out of you, and they, they <laughs> were about, uh, you know, as big around as, I don't know, like a cigar, you know, diameter, okay. almost an inch in diameter. And um, they came out of that area, they out of your your solar plexus. Yeah. And um, that's the type of energy that uh, shaman use uh, when they project project outward from there, and they can actually manipulate objects. They can use it for balance, uh, the you know levitation or things. Unfortunately, I can't do those things, but uh, uh, yet anyway. But uh, Carlos could. And uh, I've seen a lot of that stuff happen right before my eyes. It's it, 
you know, it's stuff that's hard to believe, but the the energy does come from there, and I think entities can do it too, but I think they use their whole energy body. I don't think they use yeah. any one point. Yeah. yeah, the entire vessel, yeah to, yeah, to where they can do that. Well, and I think that that's also why, you know, a lot of times they appear so uniform, where the entire uh, being, the entire essence is either a little bit translucent, um, you know, where it's something where it's almost opaque, but, you know, and then sometimes it's completely solid, where you don't see it where it's like one part's faded and the other part is, you yeah. know, stronger in, in visual, but, you know, where they do that. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that we lost Stephen about, I don't know, about two, three minutes ago, and we're not streaming live now, so he's not going to be able to call back in to be able to get back on with us. But, um, you know, he's it's interesting. He had uh, some technical difficulties going on there <laughs> and, and uh, you know, not be able to, to get through to us and everything. But, um you know, this is this has been really, really fascinating. I'm so glad you guys called in. And actually, good thing you did call in because I would be talking to myself right about now um, <laughs> on the air. Well, it's been great talking I to would, you guys as well. Yeah, I would still yeah. listen to you if you were talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then I would probably uh, get shy and forget what to say. But um, <laughs> no, it, it, it is interesting, though, when, when you think of energy where, you know, in, in physical form, there's particular uh, places that we work with energy more than the other, but when it's not physical, you know, that they're able to use really uh, the manifestation of the whole. But yeah, I think I've that's never, I've never seen, you know, in my own experience, I've never seen an entity project energy like that. It's um, the ones that I have seen. Uh, it's it's like you were saying it's it's like a you know an outline of energy you know mm-hmm. of course I don't my perception isn't mm-hmm. the same as as what you see but uh, it's it's more like the everything's uniform you know there's no no solid points or anything but the energy field you know is strong you know I've been hit by an entity like that uh, to the point where it just short circuited all my nerves and I just collapsed on the floor I remember but, you talking uh, about that. Yeah, that was in Spirit Lake, mm-hmm. and uh, that building is still sitting empty, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, well, what I'm saying now, but the uh, the energy that they send out, they would have to focus. But I have never seen any focused, you know, beam of energy or anything like that, uh, you know, shoot out of them. So. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, yeah, that, that you even picked up on that with me because, I mean, I remember just going and going and going, and I don't remember a whole lot of what actually took place. But, um, you know, when I was doing sessions on the air, I don't remember, I usually don't remember most of the details when I'm doing a reading, and Carly, I can totally relate to you when you're talking about, you know, when you're communicating with them, is that you don't remember a lot of what you're saying, Uh, and it's the same thing for me, is I don't hang on to the details, because it's not really for me anyway, it's for them, there are certain things that if they personally affect me, then I remember them usually as, as though, Wow, I watched that happen, and a lot of times. Yeah, and usually it's coming in so fast, you just want to spit it out. You just want to. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's where I, I kind of was a speed talker that evening. Um, and it, it's not something I intentionally do. But yeah, when when things are coming through, it does it 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 comes through so quickly that you just want to stay caught up to it. You know, where yeah. you can just blurt it all out. Yeah, that's interesting. So very cool. Awesome. You guys are so great. I, Carly, I'm so glad you called in. Marcus, I'm glad you called in. And, you know, give give both your sides to it. And, um, you know, that's great, Carly, that, that you were with us. You know, um, I'm to glad, be able to. I was glad to be here. And, I mean, yeah, you guys, you're all awesome. So I'm I'm, I'm very happy that I, that I got to speak to all of you. Oh, well, thank you. you. Talk to both of you about yourselves and stuff. I've never talked to both of you at the same time. That's true, and actually my dad has been hanging on the line uh, listening in for a little while, and I think he was kind of beeping at me to say, hey, let me say hi, so I put him through. Oh, dad, right. you there? Uh, that's right. God bless you. Thank you <laughs> oh, for answering. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I saw the screen flashing. Oh, you, you wonderful people. Uh, I didn't get on until about it, uh, what was it about 1.30, a little bit after mm-hmm. And so I've only heard the last 30 minutes or so, and I'm so glad to hear the voices of you nice people. I just Aww. I just love you all. I'm just so glad to hear you. Aww. Oh, thank, thank you, Dad. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice again. Well, thank you, Marcus. Hello, Carly. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, precious. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday was Joyce and mine's 10th anniversary. Oh, congratulations! Yes, and we and we had the wonderful pleasure of spending the evening with uh, with Stephen and with Lisa over over at her home. Oh, uh, you know, you, all of you were topics of our conversations, <laughs> which is very very happy happy thoughts in those directions. Yeah, I can't wait till we're all able to work together really and oh, do some God. some amazing work. Uh, you know, put out some really concrete discussions and, you know, present a lot of things to uh, both the paranormal and metaphysical community and even the the health community of, you know, being able to really present things that may or may not have been discussed, thought about, explored, things like that. So I think it's really exciting. And, you know, it's nice that we're all able to come on to the radio and do this where we can share experiences. Yeah. And, um, you know, not just... Uh, through experience, but being able to educate people and things like that, and so this has been great. I, I'm glad this has been fulfilling this evening. I, w- I was hoping that you know everybody would call through. Yeah, it turned out good. Yeah. Well, one one of the things I'm planning on working on is figuring out a way to turn these things into CD packages, because I think that's really important. If you can, uh, you know, make them into a tangible form so that they can be made available to the general public who doesn't have otherwise, or either just as archives or whatever, you know, like the Society for Psychical Research, you know, has its library. Yeah. And, the, um, you know, the Edgar Cayce ARE, ARE Foundation, you know, has mm-hmm. its transcripts and these kind of things because it's too important of information. And uh, what little I've had a chance to hear the, of the three of you, it's just, it, it's just mind-boggling, the things you know and have experienced. I've experienced just enough of it to know just how awesome, you know, your guys' uh, you know level is. It's just it's wonderful. No, I think I think the CD thing that's an awesome idea. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah one one thing I've noticed, uh, Jim, with uh, 
you know, dealing with uh, with Debbie and Carly Rose. You know, when I yeah. a lot of times when I I talk to them, um, why we're talking, it's almost like we're we're learning certain things we learn ourselves. It's almost like it it just you know manifests its its ideas and mm-hmm. things that come about that uh, you know that either we never thought of before or we thought of but just never really voiced. It's you know it, it's almost like as we discuss things that we discover things too. Definitely. I've I know I've learned a lot tonight, uh, from from all of you. I mean Deb and Marcus and yeah. you know, and Stephen with his experiences. It is it's the more it, it's it is, it's almost like, you know, not only trying to help other people with, with putting the information out there, but learning stuff ourselves, uh, just by, you know, discussing between one another. That's that's absolutely uh, understandable. I know in, in the music world when we'd all sit around on the floor and there in, in some, uh, you know, somebody's apartment there in Nashville or something, all trading licks and trading lines. Everybody learns from everybody. And the yeah. same thing is true here. No matter what your subject, when you get several together, then uh, everybody's learning from each other. Yeah. The beautiful thing here is the love and the harmony amongst you. That's the beautiful thing because the sharing is at such a level that it just it elevates each. And and the subjects with which you deal are so subtle for most people, and they're so I don't want to use the term far out, but that's that for all practical purposes applicable. That um, with whom can you discuss them? Otherwise, you you need uh, you know the company of light, uh, you know persons. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that we can all collaborate together without yeah. competition and ego, and I, I think that that's oh, yeah. really a unique, a very unique chemistry among people that uh, work in the field that we do because we all yeah. have, you know what I mean? We all have a, a different Yes, I specialty. do. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's a nice. Good observation, it's, Debbie, a very good observation. Yeah. Well, it, complem- it complements each other because then we can learn from each other, and that's the way we become better at what we do. And, uh, you know, without the ego and competition, I just, I, I think we can go really, really, really far because that's how discovery happens. You know, that's that's really how uh, things are tested, new ideas like Marcus, like what you're saying. And, and I fully agree is, you know, when we're discussing things and just posing ideas, it really opens up a new line of thought to say, wait a second, what if that really is possible? Um, yeah. What's the potential? And then it puts us in a, a whole new direction like when we were discussing before on the time travel and time loops, is it is it possible that after we die that we can come back as the same body? Is that possible that, uh, you know, we have parallel after parallel after parallel, which is where deja vu comes in because we're picking up on something we already just did in that lifetime, but now we have a choice to do it different. So really, I mean, there's there's so many ways to approach everything, but, you know, I like posing a lot of questions. And, Carly, this has been awesome having you on because we haven't had a chance really to you know, speak about things at, at length or even collaborate at all yet. No, we haven't, and I'm I'm very pleased. I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that I did. Yeah, me thank too. you. Thank you for having me on. As long as you have, <laughs> I'm just gonna call and say hi. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just so glad you did, though, because that's cool. Well, that's the thing is, not a lot of people know about um, the depth to which you really experience these things, and. 
you know, that's where I feel people have such an appreciation and admiration for what you do because it is um, so provocative. I mean, there's so many things you experience that I know for you is is very normal um, when a lot of other people, uh, you know, sometimes it will happen to them once in a while, maybe, but, I mean, this is a regular occurrence for you and just looking at your energy, you know, compared to, say, some other psychics or mediums. It's just, it's it's really fascinating. Um so I promise not to make you too much of a guinea pig. I'll just join you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Fine. Thank you. So, so if we're going to make you field test anything, I'm going to make sure I'm standing right there going, all right, we've ready to I don't to mind being the guinea pig. I don't mind. Yeah, I told you I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Anything for research. <laughs> right? And Carly, while I've got you on the phone, even though we're in a, a, a different kind of a setting, uh, whenever you get up into this vicinity, please give me a call so that we can get together and I can go, I can run over some things with you. I absolutely will, Jim. And um, you know, um, actually, I could probably I'll give you a tinkle tomorrow on the phone if you're around. Okay. Um, I'm on, yeah, I'm I was on thinking about that. coming up there within the next couple of weeks, maybe. So I'll I, I, I give you a call tomorrow and we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Thank you very, very much. All right. That's Awesome. Okay. Well, you guys have been wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get to bed because I know it's getting late uh, and everything. But thank you so much, though, for being mm-hmm. on. And you know, we should we should talk about too. You know, doing another show, really uh, diving into some more topics. You know, um, yeah. spirit, energy, mediumship. Uh, you know, just just different things like that, and really try and you know get as many experiences out there to help people understand, and you know, can help them identify things in which they also go through. Debbie, you're doing a great service here. Uh, you know, from here, me, an outsider for practical purposes, as an, as an observer, as an appreciator, and thereby a representative of John Q. Public out there, you're doing a wonderful service to bring this grouping together. You know, like especially with Marcus, with Carly Rose. My goodness, how few people there are in the world or in this country at least who have these aptitudes, and especially at this level, very, very few, and for you to talk and discuss them as you're doing, it's just such a, an exceptional circumstance. I mean, if you go back into, uh, you know, whether you're dealing with Ina Twig or Eileen Garrett or some of the, the previous ones over the over the past century, I don't know that they ever had such discussions of that nature. Yeah. So, you know, you 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 read about the things that they would have said and or done, but it was always the medium, you know, singular, you know, to whomever was taking the notes or whatever, or even in in an auditorium setting, in contrast to what you guys are doing is exceptional. Uh, That's awesome. Well, the the fact that we have the technology that we do now is is really making it so remarkable for, you know, for research and to really advance our questions, you know, and being able to go forward. And um, so I'm just I'm just really thrilled. I'm thrilled that we're all able to work together like we are. And, you know, if it hadn't been for Stephen, I wouldn't have even, oh, God bless you know, Stephen. met oh, a lot God of people. Because he's, <laughs> so, he's open doors for everybody. Yeah, and that's what I like is that he's really giving, you know, and he, he tries to help everybody out. And so I think that that's really awesome, you know, the work that he's doing and putting forth and everything. And, so everybody together. I think we make a, a, a pretty good team, everyone, you know? Hey, Marcus, while we're still on the line, uh, I want very much for us to have a telephone 
the telephone time this this week, Marcus, please. Okay. All right. We'll okay. set something up. Good. Um, all right. Then I'll leave that at your initiation because you know your schedule. All right. Thank you. Okay. That'll work. All right, you, you guys. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to emulate Marcus's soft, soft-spoken tone of voice. Much <laughs> 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 great respect to it. David oh, knows that there's times that I that I have not been that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually I get people telling me, "Speak up." Yeah, that's that's okay. We just got to turn our volume up, and then we never have to ask you to speak up. That's that's oh, all. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we got to do. Adjust the volume. It needs to be plenty loud. But no. Uh, well, you guys. Yeah, this has been this has been really great, and definitely let's set something up again. You know, where we can be able to collaborate. And Carly, if you're you're welcome anytime, and I would love to. You know, even just do a show with you also. You know, and and talk about these things, but, you know, Marcus and Steven together also, it just, we're great as a team, you know, and be able yeah. to. Deb, whenever you like, it would be my pleasure, you know, anytime, anytime. Awesome. And this concludes this interview. Don't forget, I'm going to be having Carly Rose on a very special uh, series of interviews in the near future. Next week, I'm going to introduce a new segment to the show involving survival of the coming Earth changes. I'm going to give you detailed information and suggestions for preparing for any type of emergency that may be coming, be it uh, solar, earthquakes, um, floods, you know, anything. But the information I'm going to give you will hopefully get you through anything that you might encounter. Until then, this is Marcus Leader, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope Radio.